microphone in. Just two or three deep breaths. Please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. How wonderful it is to be in a dwelling place for God. There is a place here for everyone. No one is turned away. The lost and the found, the hopeful and the hopeless are always welcome in God's house. Praise to God who invites and shelters us all. Praise to God who sends us forth to serve. You may be seated. be seated. Welcome to worship here at Westminster, whether you've been coming for a long time or this is your first time. Uh, A special welcome to anybody who's visiting, particularly if you're visiting from Sebastopol. Uh, uh, There are a number here to cheer Bethany on from her home congregation, and I hope you know and I hope you take word back Uh, what a gift you've given us in so many in rearing her in the Christian faith. We hope that you find a time, even in these difficult times, to connect with others, particularly others you don't recognize after the service, for some refreshments out in the garden. It may have warmed up by then. Uh, Get to know each other a little bit. Introduce yourself to somebody who may be a newcomer that they may feel more welcome One way that we can keep track of who's here and reach out is uh, if you leave your contact information in those uh, attendance registers in your pews, which you can pass back and forth during the offering, and that way you can also know who's worshiping around you if you don't know them already. Let's be of one voice and one heart sharing in our community prayer printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Gracious God, in the beauty of this place, We have come to pray 
to worship, to receive healing and hope. We come from the struggles and triumphs of the week, wanting to feel your loving presence. O God, be with us this day. Calm and soothe our souls. Rejoice with us that you have provided this place where we may gather to learn of your presence and love, to sing your praises, and to be empowered to serve you. May we find such a place wherever we are and wherever we go. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Christ there is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Know that we are forgiven. Know that we are set free. And be at peace. Amen. One of the ways we build up this community and go through our common life together is by sharing what we're carrying with us. Whether those are great joys and reasons for celebration or things that make our hearts heavy, full of concern. If you have a joy or concern to share with the community, just raise your hand and speak up, and I'll try to repeat at least some of what you say. Please, Ron. We're, we're thrilled you're with us. Uh, Ron and Dell have brought some dear loved ones with them. This will be their last Sunday with us, and they wanted uh, other folks around them as we bless them and wish them well on their move. It's great to have you here. Others? Yeah, please, Mary. Thanks, Mary. Mary, as probably many of you, uh, has loved ones on the East Coast bracing for that storm that is bearing down, and we pray the Spirit be with all of them. Bruce? Amen. Wow. Bruce gives thanks for an 80th birthday, and I, I frankly can't believe it, so we should talk about lying in church later, Bruce. <laughs> I saw it, Brooke. Thank you. Brooke uh, invites our attention to expand to include uh, those suffering unspeakably in Afghanistan right now as they have been for some time, uh, as well as in Haiti with the recent earthquake and the fallout from that. Thank you. Um, Judy and then Ruth E. Amen. Thank you, Judy. In a little bit, we'll be doing a blessing of the backpacks for the children of this congregation. But Judy reminds us of all the people going back to school. And wow, what a time to be a student or a teacher. It's the third school year now we're entering under this pandemic. And the burden for those folks is, is really significant. Thank you, Judy. Ruthie. Thank you. Ruthie reminds us just of the valiant efforts by those uh, laboring to keep life and property safe, and 
uh, working to defend us from the fires. I know Ruthie and Clark are in the wine industry, and one of those fires is quite close to one of the vineyards, and so this is more than just dead or alive. There's all kinds of layers to the impact of this, so thank you, Ruthie, for always remembering us to be grateful for those who sacrifice for us. Anyone else? Yes, please, Lucy. Oh, gosh. Yes, for a loved one with some mysterious health trouble, many of us know what that's like, and so lots of prayers for all involved there. I'll offer a joy before we go into prayer. I was getting ready to leave on Thursday, and I heard these cellists practicing in our midst, and I thought, gosh, just another example of the endless creativity and, and beauty at a time where we can't sing without these and can't take these off to make instrument with string. It's just gorgeous, and uh, the ways in which you all have found a way time and again to continue to worship no matter what is thrown our way is an inspiration indeed. Let us join together in some prayer. Holy One, we marvel at the ways in which you burst into this world, meeting suffering with grace, destruction with healing, temptations to do harm with invitations to rise above. We rejoice in the fact that we do not carry our sufferings alone. We have one another, and we have you, and we see you in one another. We rejoice as well that our joys, accomplishments, triumphs are shared as well. And that your spirit runs through all things like a stream of living water. We are many people with many ways of seeing, carrying many things, but we know we are ultimately one. And so having shared our many prayers, we now join together in the one prayer that Jesus taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Amen, indeed. Before our time of discovery, I invite uh, Ron and Dell forward. In the church, we have rituals for welcoming people when they come to join the body. Go ahead and stand up here and face your congregation. Uh, but we don't always get the chance to say goodbye. And both comings and goings are sacred times. And so whenever we know somebody important among us is leaving, a member of the church or a longtime attender, we like to send them off with blessings and with prayer. And so I'm honored and saddened to do that today for you, Ron and Dell. Ron and Dell have been with us for five years, and they have an exciting new chapter ahead, one that's a little bit snuck up on them, I think, uh, on Kiowa Island in South Carolina. We've appreciated their membership and their participation here at Westminster. Dell, I know throughout these years, has been quite busy with her work, which I will call ministry in the world, making organizations and leaders function better in those organizations, which obviously has all kinds of implications for people's real everyday lives. And Ron, in his retirement from his work life, devoting a lot of his energy and talents here in the church uh, on personnel, on finance, and uh, in large part, uh, including his great team, we have Ron to thank for that new building and expansion as he chaired that committee. And so uh, I will always think of you uh, as I'm in that wonderful and beautiful space. So we owe a debt of gratitude to each of you. And we want you to know, Dell and Ron, how much we love you. And we will miss you. But we trust that God goes with you, and we trust that we are united in the one spirit. And every time we break bread and share a cup together at communion, we are as one. In the 121st Psalm, we read that the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. And we trust in the Lord to do just that. So let us pray. God, in your grace, will you hear our prayer for our friends in the faith? Ron and Dell and their loved ones gathered here. Bless them on this next leg of their journey and all who make transitions. That this transition is filled with grace and peace. Grant them with good friendships and a new home of joy. And go with them in all that they do. Plant in them the firm knowledge that we remain connected through our bond in Jesus Christ. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. I hope you have a chance to say your goodbyes and appreciations uh, after the service today. Bless you both. Invite the, any children to come forward for a time of discovery? Yes. Come on up. Some of you I know have backpacks with you today. If you brought your backpack, great. If you didn't, that's okay too. But come join me here. It's good to see all of you. Yeah, watch out for the cellos as you walk by. I don't know if this... No, I don't think this... I'm not sure my microphone is on. Let's give it a whirl. I don't think... Hello? I'm going to talk very loudly because I don't think my microphone is on. It is so good to see all of you. Just as we celebrated a transition, two of our beloved members um, moving to a new place, you all celebrated a transition, many of you this past week, some of you this coming week, in going back to school. And so you brought your backpacks because we called this a backpack blessing. But really what we want to do today, not just bless your backpacks, but to bless each and every one of you as you begin the school year. And I know out there we have some of our older students too, so this blessing, of course, is for all of you. But for your backpacks, before we get to the blessing, I want to give each of you this pin. It's a heart. And if you look really carefully at the heart, you'll see that it's made up of a bunch of different shapes and colors that are inside the heart. You see that? So, in fact, what I'll do is I'll just pass this background. Why don't you just grab one out and keep passing it along, one for each of you. And I love that the heart is made up of lots of different shapes and colors because that reminds us of two things. That reminds us of God's love for each and every one of us. Each of us special individuals, a little different from the person next to us. And yet each one of us loved by God. I think it's also a good reminder for us that we 
are called to love each and every one, to share God's love with everyone, all in different shapes and sizes. So I invite you to pin that on your backpack. If you don't have your backpack with you, that's okay. Stick it in a pocket and pin it on at home. If some of you older students out there want a pin, find me after worship. I'll get one for you. If you have a hard time working the pin, that's okay. I see Valerie back there, and she'll help you out in Sunday school if you have a hard time working the pin. But what I want to do is offer a blessing, again, not just to your backpacks, but to each one of you. So we're going to offer a blessing to different parts of you, all right? So what I invite you to do as I pray this blessing is to put your hands on whichever part of your body we're blessing, okay? So for example, we're going to start by blessing your hearts. And so I invite you to put your hand on your heart, and then when I mention a new body part, you can put your hands there, okay? So let us pray. Loving God, we pray for our hearts and all they hold as we return to school. Excitement, nervousness, maybe disappointment, and perhaps hope. We give all our fears, we give all our hopes to you, O oh God. We pray for our minds, that they will expand in wonder and celebration, learning not just from books, but also from the people around us. Open our minds with a willingness to be changed in unexpected ways and settle our anxious thoughts in peaceful ways. We pray for our hands, that they will reach out to help welcome and care. Bless our hands with patience and dedication as they grip pencils, as they type on keyboards, as they swish paintbrushes, clap in song, play on monkey bars, and hold lunchbox handles. We pray for our mouths, that they will speak words bringing life and love. Help us use our mouths to honor the belovedness of all. Remind us to open our mouths for extra deep breaths in those times when we might be feeling anxious or afraid. We pray for our feet, that they will move toward those who might be different from us, that they will help each other in safe ways. Plant our feet next to those who feel alone. Bless our steps down the hallways and classrooms. We pray for our eyes, that they may see others with compassion, that they may see ourselves with compassion. Bless what and how we see. We pray for our ears, that they will listen to all voices, maybe especially to those voices that haven't been listened to very much. When things get noisy, help us to listen extra carefully for you, oh God. And we want to say a special blessing for parents, as the start of a new school year is a leap of faith. Wrap our parents with your reassuring love as they entrust their children and trust in you, O oh God. And we pray for our teachers and our staff and our administrators. Bless these faithful servants with courage and confidence. Give them peace and patience and balance each and every day. We thank you, God, and we love you. Amen. And as you head out to Sunday school, I want to offer you this charge, a charge of going forth, but I actually want to offer it to everyone because we all support our students in school. No matter who you are, each and every person in this room supports each and every one of us. So the charge is for everyone, children, families, and all who love them. Go out into the beautiful world that God has made. Go and play. Go and learn. Go and love. May you be filled with love for yourself and everyone around you. Amen. All right, if you're in fifth grade or younger, your teachers are standing right back there. If you're in sixth grade or older, I think Jeff is in the Finley Hall waiting for you. All right? Go now in peace. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere. Our scripture reading this morning is selections from 1 Kings chapter 8. 
Listen for how the Spirit may be speaking to you through these words. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral house, houses of the Israelites, before King Solomon in Jerusalem, to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Then the priests brought the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place underneath the wings of the cherubim. And when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister to the Lord because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands to heaven. He said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and steadfast love for your servants who walk before you with all their heart, the covenant that you kept for your servant, my father David. As you declared to him, you promised with your mouth and have this day fulfilled with your hand. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Even heaven in the highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this house that I have built. Have regard for your servant's prayer and his plea, O Lord my God, heeding the cry and prayer that your servant prays to you today that your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you said, my name shall be there, that you may hear the, heed the prayer that your servant prays toward this place. Hear the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when we pray towards the place. Oh, here in heaven that dwelling place, heed and forgive. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So our next reading is a psalm, Psalm 84. Psalms were written to be sung. So I'm going to read for you just the first and the last part of Psalm 84. And then I'm going to sing it for you as well. So you'll hear it a couple times today. So the psalmist says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, indeed it faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. God bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. For my soul longs and even faints for you. For here my heart is satisfied within your presence. I sing beneath shadow of your wings. And better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. My heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. 
Your spirit's water to my soul. I've tasted and I've seen. Come once again to me. I will draw near to you. I will draw near to you. Because better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. And thousands elsewhere. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So scholars are pretty sure that that psalm, Psalm 84, was written by a pilgrim, someone who had traveled maybe quite a distance to come to Jerusalem and to worship at the temple to experience God's presence in that holy city, in that holy building. And you can hear in the psalmist's words, the psalmist's excitement, maybe, maybe upon arriving at the temple and seeing the grand courtyards. You know, the psalmist says, Better is one day in your courts, O God, than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in this dwelling place of God. Now, it may seem a little strange that the psalmist is giving so much importance to this building, right? You know, it's really the, the temple that is causing the psalmist to rejoice. But we have to remember that that temple in Jerusalem was much more than any ordinary building. You know, what Karen read for us was the temple dedication ceremony, you know, the temple had taken a long time, and finally, under King Solomon, it was completed. And we hear the joy and the praise of this building finally being accomplished. You know, the process had started with Solomon's father, King David, when God, in fact, gave David very specific instructions for how God wanted this temple to be built. Solomon followed the instructions, you know, using only the finest of materials. And then we hear in 1 Kings the joy of it being completed. And so what happens is that uh, the priests bring the Ark of the Covenant into the inner holy room. The Ark of the Covenant, this very sacred and important symbol of God's presence for the people, and they bring it into this room that's often called the Holy of Holies, a special place. And we hear that as the priests leave this room, a cloud fills the space. And we know from the Hebrew scriptures, especially in the book of Exodus, that this appearance of a cloud is an important symbol of God's presence. You know, so we, the reader or the hearer, hear of this cloud appearing, and that is a key signal to us. Yes, the presence of God is here in this temple. But then, as Solomon offers his prayer of dedication to God, Solomon is actually very careful to distinguish between the fact that, yes, you know, this temple is a place where the people will experience God's presence. But it is not the singular or the only dwelling place for God. You know, in fact, we hear Solomon pray, Even heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, O God, much less this house that I have built. Right? As magnificent as this temple is, even it, says Solomon, doesn't contain God. And so though we hear the psalmist say, you know, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts, we know that the temple is but one dwelling place for God. So it makes me wonder, you know, where is the dwelling place of God for each of you, where are those places where you experience the presence of God? You know, to borrow a Celtic phrase, where are those thin places for you? 
those places where, where heaven and earth are just a little bit closer. And for me, one of those places is here in this sanctuary. You know, I certainly am aware of God's presence with us when we gather here for worship. And I was actually rather surprised during the first year of the pandemic about how much I missed this place. When we couldn't gather here for worship, it was a loss. You know, and when we first started filming our worship videos, rather than worshiping in person, we on the staff started filming just from our houses. But then a few weeks in, we figured, well, maybe if we just each come into the sanctuary individually, we can at least film our worship pieces from here. And we actually heard a lot of feedback from you about how important it was for you to even just see this space on video. Now, even though we still could not be here, something about even seeing this special worship place was important and meaningful. But, you know, until last March, we couldn't worship here. It was basically a full year. And so I'm curious if during that year time, if there were other places that sprung up for you as dwelling places for God, when you couldn't be here to worship in the sanctuary, you know, where were those places that became important to you? And that actually is not a rhetorical question. I'm curious do you have a place, a dwelling place for God that, that has been important to you? Yeah, Catherine. Everywhere. Everywhere. There you go. She's preaching the rest of my sermon. She said, she said, everywhere in all little moments. Yes. Others, dwelling place that you've noticed in this, especially in this pandemic time. Where have you experienced God? Carolyn. In my garden and watching the hummingbirds. Ah, garden watching the hummingbirds. Yes. What? Inside. We had to spend so much time inside, right? Let's be noticing God's presence where we are. Yeah. Oh, in your own body. Oh, either way works, right? In your own body. Inner, yes. Uh, Julie, did you? Oh, that's Leslie, actually. Excellent. Redwood Grove, yeah. yeah. In your family. Enjoying our family. Okay, what a segue. It's like I planted you. We're going to remember that with her family. Yeah. Oh, watching the waves at the sea. Absolutely. Mary. Nate, another vote for nature. Yes, Clark. Pets. So if you couldn't hear him, Clark started, started preparing for where his urn is going to be after death, sort of a sense of time, like now and then after death, I'm going to get back to time too. Truly, you guys wrote the sermon. But let's get back to family, because what I found, and it sounds like some of you found as well, is that dwelling place, the definition of place really became expansive. You know, and for me, a lot of where I found God's dwelling place to be was in community, especially with many of you. You know, we couldn't gather here in the sanctuary, but yet we did still find places and times to gather. You know, I think of a family worship event we had at Catherine's house. You know, that certainly felt like a dwelling place of God for me. Or when we would gather in the parking lot, even with the traffic and the noise whizzing past, certainly a dwelling place when we were there together. Or our confirmation students who gathered on the playground in Frost Garden, sitting in their camping chairs. That was a dwelling place of God for me. You know, it became not necessarily about location, but about the people and communities. And then there's the sense of time. You know, Clark noted that. You know, Quaker theologian Thomas Kelly offers a reflection about God's dwelling place, not as a location, not as a people, but as a sense of time. Here's what he has to say about that. Don't worry about your past failings. You know, don't have anxiety about what the future may bring. Instead, stand in the holy now. 
And Kelly encourages us to stand in the holy now, joyous, serene, assured, unafraid. Sure, easy for him to say, right? But he says we can do that because within the now is the dwelling place of God. Yes, God was with us in the past. God, of course, will be with us in the future. But in the now, in the moment, is where God dwells. And Kelly says, in the now, we are home at last. The fretful winds of time are stilled. Now, this actually became a very important practice for me during the pandemic times. You know, I've shared with many of you how much of a planner I am, how I appreciate routine and schedule. And that was hard during the pandemic. We didn't know what was going to happen the next week or the next month. So all the routines had to get changed. There was often a lack of routine, at least for me and my family. And I really struggled with that. I would like to be able to tell you that throughout this entire last year and a half, I just stayed in the now, dwelling with God, nice and calmly. I would like to say I just moved with the Spirit wherever the Spirit wanted to take me. Didn't always happen. However, on my better days, I was able to still my anxious self, to take a few deep, calming breaths, reminding myself of God's Spirit with me, reminding myself that, yes, God's dwelling place was with me in the now, then, and there. And then what I would do is I would give thanks because when I allowed myself to pause, when I allowed myself to remind myself of God dwelling with me, it was then I was also reminded that, yes, better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. This is a practice that I do hope I can continue, even as my routine, hopefully, starts to return. Now, I hope, I hope that we all know deep within our souls that God is present with us in all locations, in all people, in all times. You know, that is the nature of God. God who is uncontainable and indescribable. And I think both of these scripture passages that we heard today remind us that there are also unique and special dwelling places for God, for each one of us. So may we know God's presence with us always, and may we have those special places and people and times when we might encounter God in some extra special way. You know, I feel like during this sermon I've talked about the pandemic being passed, but it's not. You know, it continues to be with us. There continues to be anxiety and uncertainty so perhaps maybe now more than ever, if you haven't yet found that dwelling place of God, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for when God's presence makes itself especially known to you. And then in those times and places, may we, like the psalmist, rejoice with our hearts and our flesh, crying out with joy to our living God present with us always. Amen.
Amen. You may be seated. I draw your attention to four of the items listed in your bulletin, though, of course, encourage you to check out everything the church has to offer that you might know where you're being called to plug in. First, on September 12th, is our annual in-gathering brunch, and I know Congregational Life has been working hard to find a way to still host that time of being together as a new program year begins uh, while being safe in the midst of COVID, so hope to see you there. Second, uh, one of the task forces appointed by the session has been looking at ways in which we can become more awakened to some of the challenges with um, racial inequality and invite us into deeper wisdom and uh, deeper equality here in this congregation and the wider community. To that end, there is a cultural immersion program happening on September 15th. It's an online experience and uh, we have 50 slots that we've been graciously given uh, free of charge and we invite you to join, uh, participate in that. There's an email address there you can contact to sign up, but it's, it's a really eye-opening experience in a way for us to live more fully into the faith in which we've been called. Third, there is a Sacred Stories training. Sacred Stories is a program for our youngest children that they do during Sunday school, and it's very powerful, but, it, but or and, it requires significant volunteer leadership, and we've had a faithful cohort of folks teaching for a couple of years, and it's time for some new folks to come into the fold. So if you're at all curious about that, we will train you thoroughly so you'll go into that equipped. We'd love to hear from you. And finally, today after worship, we continue the, a conversation that we'll be having for an entire year as we try to emerge from this pandemic. We, we want to make space for you to be honest, to reflect about where you are and what you're experiencing and what your soul is yearning for so that we might empower one another to come out of this in better shape perhaps than even when we went in. So we had one of those conversations in the summer. Another one is today. We'll just be in small groups to answer and share about three questions about how we're uh, feeling in the midst of all of this. That's a lot, I know, uh, but I want to make sure you're roundly invited to the many things we're offering here at the church. So with that, our closing hymn is number 542. I hope you too heard those words we just sung being sung to you. Uh, following the benediction, we do have another piece from Christina and Marissa, so if it's comfortable for you to sit back down and listen, you are certainly invited to do that. And as we go from this place, know that the love of God, who is our creator, 
Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, the Holy Spirit, our Sustainer, goes with you now and always. Amen.